Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. In this episode, we take a look at key performance indicators, that's KPIs in benchmarking. And I have Philip Winterburn, the co-founder and chief product officer at Conversant. First, a word from our sponsor, Conversant, about Converge 18. As you know, the last year has publicly brought ethics to the center of business reputations worldwide. With the acceleration of the speak-up culture and organizational accountability that social media is enabling and amplifying, companies need to incorporate integrity into every level of their organization. Converge 18 is helping organizations to do just that by addressing ethical transformations head-on. This event will be held in Denver, Colorado on from October 8th through 10th. At it, you will be able to network with 300 of your peers, including C-suite executives, legal professionals, HR leaders, and ethics and compliance visionaries. Gain insights from 35 speakers, including such prominent speakers as Wei Chen, Steph Vogel, the NBA's Deputy Chief Compliance Officer, and Carol Switzer, President of OSEG. You will bring home actionable takeaways to your compliance program from a variety of sessions, including two keynotes, five general sessions, 12 based roundtables, and 18 interactive breakout sessions for you. You can get more information on Converge 18 at Conversant's website, conversant.com. Listeners to this podcast will receive a 50% discount to the event. Use the discount code TOMFOXVIP. That's all caps, TOMFOXVIP. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for another episode in the Key Performance Indicator podcast series that I've been uh, engaging on with Philip Winterburn, the Chief Product Officer at Conversant. Philip, uh, thank you for taking the time to come back and visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Philip, one of the things that uh, the bywords I think you hear in the compliance profession is benchmarks, benchmarks, and benchmarking. Uh, Every compliance (laughs) professional has probably at some point in their career been instructed by someone above them to benchmark where their compliance program uh, is uh, compared to others within their industry, within their geographic area, or or some other comparison. So I wanted to visit with you today about uh, benchmarking, any uh, key performance indicators, and really where you see uh, the uh, not the pros and cons, but the upsides and downsides for benchmark. Absolutely, I think you know benchmarking, as you say, is is something that is uh, is sort of top of the list in in this discipline. And ethics and compliance, and it's such an interesting thing when you're, you know, you're measuring human behavior. Um, there, there is no necessarily right answer. Like the classic example is intake through a helpline. You know, what's the right number of reports? And you know, boards ask that question of compliance professionals. You got 22 harassment cases came in in the last quarter. Is that good or bad? And there, what's the answer? And so that has created an appetite for benchmarking. Um, which is is very healthy if it's done right. Um, and so having those, those conversations about um, the context around the numbers that we're reporting, I think, is key. So, you know, when we talk about intake, for instance, there's always a question of, you know, no intake is bad, too much intake is bad. Somewhere in the middle, there's a happy medium that we're all looking for. And what is that magic number? And you can only get to that by really looking at benchmarks across um, other organizations, um, 
that, that you're, you could compare yourself to. And this is where it gets very interesting. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit in terms of what you choose to benchmark yourself against. Does a compliance professional sitting in Denver, sitting in Houston, sitting somewhere in the United States uh, who works for a multinational organization begin to think through the parameters of context? That's a great question. Um, so I think the you know we've been hampered to date within uh, the ethics and compliance world because we haven't had um, good benchmarks available. We you know there are several publications out there, but they are you know the moment they're published, they're out of date, and um, they because they're publications, you can't do much with them. They're just numbers. Um, so. One of the things that we're very focused on is bringing benchmarking to life within analytics so that you can see how your data compares on a day-to-day basis to the benchmark across other um, organizations within our system. Because we believe that you know live benchmarking is far more valuable. And a case in point, a real example of, of that and why it's so important to be up-to-date was as we were going through Q4 of 2017, we saw this uh, incredible uptick and increase in benchmark reports coming in, sorry, in reports coming in about sexual harassment. And any one organization on their own seeing this sort of 3x increase in the number of harassment cases being reported would have been horrified and then been faced with the challenge of explaining why suddenly harassment was rife within their organization. Um, with the capability of benchmarking that across all our clients, we saw that this was actually a societal shift and that everyone was experiencing the, this uptick. And so putting that context around it made us realize <clears throat> that it's not that harassment, sexual harassment was increasing. It was that people were finally talking about it. And so as the result of the Me Too movement that had come out in sort of Q4 last year, where we were seeing celebrities come forward, put their names out there and say, this happened to me, it was emboldening um, everybody in society to raise their hands and step forward as well. And so within an organization, then it's a very different conversation that you're having um, with your board and with your employees about that increased reporting rate. That increased reporting rate is now not because of an increase in harassment going on. It's that people are finally stepping forward and talking about the harassment that has been going on for years. And so the way you then address that and, and can manage that is far different. So that's just one example of how the power of context can really change the dialogue and what you're doing with, with benchmarks. One of the things that uh, <clears throat> I find that senior management, not in the compliance uh, function or discipline seems to think is that any benchmark uh, data will apply to their own organization. And one of the things the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission continually tell us is you have to manage your risks, uh, assess your risk, and then put in a, an appropriate risk management strategy within the context of the regulations you have to work under. Uh, how do you, uh, um, how does that really apply to benchmarking as well? Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. Um, and you're right. The the wild sort of uh, use of generic high-level benchmarks um, is is actually a disservice to the industry. 
that when you look at benchmarking, you really do have to be specific. And so you need to be able to filter the benchmark data down to take into account um, multiple factors that can affect the, the data elements you're looking at. Um, there's the easy one to pick on is um, helpline reports. And when you look at that, there's, you know, there are differences in different industries. There are differences in different job categories. Um, there are differences in geographies. So if you go to Spain, for instance, you see a very different level of reporting to what you see in the U.S., um, for historical reasons. So there's this whole you know, cultural, industrial, job category. There's all sorts of attributes that actually change what the um, expected number of reports is. And when you look at benchmarks, one of the big mistakes people make is they focus solely on the average, whether it's the median or the mean. Uh, and by focusing on that, you lose the bigger picture, which is you really start, want to start looking at the ranges. So the quintiles, the quartiles, how, how is the distribution uh, spread? Is everyone really tight around that average or is it a very wide spanning average? And you want to be able to filter down to your industry and down to benchmarks that really apply to your type of uh, employee base in the locations they're in, in the industry they're in, so that you're actually using benchmarks that are applicable to your industry and to those employees, not some high-level average benchmark that is global. How would you deal with a situation along the lines of the following? If you're subject to the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, for instance, you're doing business outside of the United States. And outside the United States, uh, in many industries in the expat community, um, Americans certainly uh, will socialize with other Americans, even if they work for competitors. And they may socialize in a way that they wouldn't do so, certainly in their uh, uh, cities of their home offices, uh, such as Houston. When you have that sort of uh, interaction, uh, how do you uh, separate the wheat from the chafe on the granularity in benchmarking? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a very unique situation. Um, but we know, you know, where whether it's Americans or even you know, for uh, companies that are headquartered in Europe, uh, sending employees to, to other countries to work, no matter where it is, you tend to get this, these densities of uh, people from similar backgrounds coming together. And so you do get uh, potentially competitors uh, mingling outside of office hours. Um, because they provide that sort of cultural support that people need when they're, they're working as expats. And that does inject a, a whole series of risks um, that you need to be aware of as a, as a compliance professional. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, that creates, I mean, there's, as I said, there's a whole series of risks. That creates um, obviously competitive issues that you need to be aware of. It creates a need for training and awareness at a different level to what you would have to do um, within country. And so that's from a benchmarking standpoint would be very interesting to then be able to narrow in and see what sort of trends you're looking at as you look at that group. Um, but I would also tailor it to the specific risks that you would get when you consider your employees mingling uh, with competitors and business partners in a social environment where you can expect there'll be you know, excessive sharing of information and, and uh, conversations. 
So, Philip, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. I've been visiting with Philip Winterburn, the chief product officer at Conversant. Uh, we've been visiting today on uh, KPIs around benchmarking and that context is everything. Philip, once again, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. Tom, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I hope that you will join me at Converge 18. We're going to have more discussions about KPIs. I'm leading a session on this. Once again, you can get a up to 50% discount uh, to Converge 18 by using the code TOMFOXVIP. That's T-O-M-F-O-X-V-I-P. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.